0: Thank <laughs> you. Good evening, my friends. It is Giraffe for Upside coming live to you on the iLogic Network and over at our friends at the Sports Empire Network. I am Johnny Danger with me, as always, Mr. The Hierarchy, Christopher Emmerich. How are you, Chris?
1: Uh, hey, look, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm ready to chop it up with you guys. And then afterwards, anybody that wants some League of Legends advice, go over to my uh, Twitter or my YouTube. Uh, it'll be on this one as well. Hey, it's the Shark Cove back for worlds. I dig it. And special guests with us tonight, we've got two of them. We got Coach
0: White over from drrota.com and Jason Braddock, of course, from the Houston Football Show every Tuesday night. How are you guys?
2: Doing good. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's been a while since i've seen chris looks like uh the shipments of steroids have really picked back up no i'm just kidding chris you look great man I, i've been seeing all these guys late 20 early 30s here lately that just have put on muscle is there a new secret or is there just a fitness craze going on
1: i don't know man i'm in my late 30s so uh you know you just gotta just gotta have the genetics and eat the protein <laughs> and lift the weights nice
0: uh, coach white man your hair brother it's looking glorious
3: oh yeah man rocking the flow
0: i like it thanks man i appreciate it it. hey we're gonna get into the whole main slate a little way too early look on this uh what we used to call first sip um and before we do that though coach uh who you got for me on pga tomorrow who you got for me
3: i'm out man i'm out of the pga game to be honest You're out. I've not done a single thing of research. I am 100% locked in on college football. All right. You know, you just got to stick to. uh, I'll check back in in February. How's that? There you go. That's a better.
0: I dig it. Well, I just want everybody to know that you turned my $12 into $100 on college football uh, on Saturday. I appreciate you. Of
3: course, man. Thanks for uh, tailing me.
0: Yeah. Make sure you get over there to uh, drrota.com and check out uh, his stuff. All right, buddies. Let's get into this. Since we've got jason here honorary d4u member uh let's go ahead and start in his neck of the woods let's take the la chargers going into houston we got a 44 point spread we got the chargers five and a half favorites jason your co-host last night said houston's gonna win this on the money line is he crazy is he a crazy man
2: i I don't think he's crazy i understand where he's coming from with the pick it's just You know, the Texans have been ahead uh, by halftime, after halftime, or going into halftime, excuse me, or even after the third quarter in all three of these games, and they're sitting there at 0-2-1. So my take on it is that we've seen uh, who they are. You know they're saying? When people show you who they are, believe them. And through three weeks, they've consistently showed who they are. He's buying in that they're finally uh, picking up you know, picking up on not just words, but in the practice, gonna clean up the miss miss tackles. And I know there's a lot of injuries also as well for the Chargers at key positions with Joey Bosa, the left tackle Sean Slater, both going on IR. Uh, so I can see how it could play out with the Texans beating them. They did that last year and with Davis Mills at, as a rookie at home without Brandon Cooks, and Rex Burkhead was the top back. But uh, for me, if well, I'm not wrong, Jason,
0: but it seems like Rex Burkhead is still the top back for no apparent reason in Houston.
2: In, in the passing game, it definitely does. He's seventh most targeted running back in the NFL because when you think Rex Burkhead, you think elite elusive receiving back, right? <laughs> Usually and he's only 32 a Friday years night. Young. He's yeah. 32 years young, guys. That's prime for the running back position. We all know that.
0: All right. So, you know, we've got some key defensive injuries. We've got Herbert banged up. Um, Chris, what do you think, man? Are we nuts? Does Houston have a chance here? Is Brandon Cooks going to just tear one off for us?
1: Yeah. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I think that the only guy that I'm really interested in this game is Brandon Cooks. I, I think Houston has a real legit shot to win. Um, And I think what we've seen is that if you want to bet the game, you know, it's all over TikTok. There's a lot of guys talking about this. You just take the money line. Um, Most dogs, if they're going to win, they don't cover, they either don't cover the spread and they lose. And so you bet the favorite with the points or you just don't take the points and you bet the the dog. And I think Houston's one of those dogs. They're at home. Uh, Tunsil just had an absolutely fantastic game against Chicago. There's just no pass rush for the Chargers at this point. They're banged up. I, I I can just see this game being a lot uglier than people think, and I don't necessarily know if I want a ton of pieces from it. But Brandon Cooks, continually getting double-digit targets, I'm there.
0: On the other side, Al, um, we got a little bit of a banged-up Herbert, but Mike Williams still managed to pull a good game. Eckler's been okay. Is this a game you're looking at to stack at all, or you just maybe take an Eckler and take a Cooks and call the day and move
3: on? Well, my first look, I actually locked in Herbert and uh, Keenan Allen as my stack. I don't know if Allen's coming back or not. Um, looking at who Houston, who Houston has played, I mean, you know, Indianapolis, which is an in-division rival, they know how to game plan against them. It's been the Bears and Denver who have been atrocious on offense. They haven't played a real air raid offense. So why don't we think that Herbert at sub-10% ownership can win us a tournament? I mean, I I actually thought it was a great play. Listening to you guys, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Apparently, but <laughs> I actually I love Herbert and Keenan Allen if he's back this week.
0: Hey, one of Chris's signature plays is stack the injured guys that are probably going to play because it, it it saps some ownership off of them. And if you're right, you
1: can win big. Yeah, the problem I mean, like, and, and maybe this is where you get the Chargers at the lowest ownership that you probably will see uh, from a, a team of their caliber. The hype that they had coming in, it's just. All of these different injuries that they have, the way that they're using their players, like Eckler is just not playable in DFS. You're probably looking to either trade or trade form, depending on how high or low you are on him in seasonal. Um, I, I don't hate it because Herbert at 7K certainly has the ceiling that some of these 8K quarterbacks have, and almost all of them are priced up. So it, it is a step down, but you know it's a um, it's a risky play, but maybe it'll pay off.
0: All right, before we move on, Jason, one more thing. The Texans have pressured the quarterback more than any other team in the first three weeks. Is that a fluke of who they played, or are they going to put the pressure on Herbert, too?
2: It's a little bit of both. Uh, Jerry Hughes tied with Khalil Mack and a couple other guys uh, second in the league with sacks. Uh, first sack, high with four. Only Alex Highsmith with four and a half uh, has more, and they both play, play each other this week week, meaning Khalil Mack uh, and Jerry Hughes. You got Grenard on the other side as well, but they just haven't been able to stop the run. They're the worst uh, worst team as far as missed tackles, and it's not even close as far as the second team is concerned. So uh, they do catch a benefit getting the Chargers here. As Chris mentioned, Eckler's been unplayable. I mean, he's the worst yards per carry at 2.5 in the NFL right now. And so his only saving grace has been with Herbert injured. He targeted him, I think, eight times last week. I want to say he's the most targeted running back in the NFL with 22, if I'm not mistaken, uh, speaking on Eckler. So – he still has value in that aspect, but not in the running game at all. They're 32nd in, in rushing attack. So uh, the Texans get a break because they're one of the worst stop in the run. Uh, the, the, pass, the passing game is going to be key here. My only question to Coach and to Chris and yourself, Danger, is how concerned are we with the fractured ribs? Because he definitely didn't play like himself last week and didn't look for the underneath routes a lot. I'm pretty concerned that, yeah, that's kind of where
1: I'm at on this game. It's just, there's a lot of question marks. I think that there are just definitely some other spots that I prefer to go to, but I wouldn't hate anybody taking some shots on the, the chargers. I mean, it's definitely a high risk, uh, high reward type of situation.
0: Fair enough. All right, let's get the next game boring out of the way. We got the Chicago bears heading to the New York giants two of the slowest paced teams out there. Um, you know, I said at the beginning of the year, Barkley was going to be better than Camara. And uh, so far it's been pretty right. Uh, I like Barkley. I was really in love with Sterling until he blew his knee out. Um, I don't know anything to love in this game besides uh, Herbert if Montgomery sits and uh, Barkley is always for the Giants. Anything interest you here, Al?
2: What, what uh, do we know? Of? Oh, go ahead, Al. My bad.
3: Well, no, I mean, do we know if Kadarius Tony's going to play? Because, I mean, that's where the targets go, right? They can't trust Galladay. He can't separate. He's dropping passes in the open field. Um, I mean, at 4,100, you know, Tony, even if he gets six targets, catches five of them for 40 yards and a touchdown, you know, you're hitting value. That's not what you want in a tournament necessarily, but they have nowhere else to go with the ball outside of Barkley. And the bears have been gashed, you know, on the ground. So often they can't, you know, expect the giants to just run, run, run. Maybe that's what the giants want to do at the end of the day, but. I mean, Chicago's good enough to stop a ground game if they know this was coming. It's just, I, I don't really know where to go. This is an ugly game. It's kind of uh, one of those games I, I kind of just cross off. But if I'm looking for value anywhere, it's Kadarius Tony if he suits up.
0: Fair enough. Jason.
2: Uh, Bellinger. Uh, what, what do we know about weak quarterbacks that don't have a lot of weapons? They're going to throw to the running back out the backfield. They're going to throw through their tight ends. You could get a jump. Junk tight end to a block. I mean, a junk touchdown, excuse me, to a blocking tight end. Well, this is their top guy, but he's not a household name. But we saw this past week Daniel Jones will go to him. So if I'm on anyone in this game, uh, you've got uh, Richie James, you got Seals, different guys that could give you some PPR value at how low they are want to be priced. But you, you're risking it with that. I think probably the tight end position and getting the value there. Bellinger's probably what, 2500
1: uh, he is 28. 28. Okay. 2800.
0: Well, do you know Chris likes his cheap tight ends, or at least he had the first three weeks? But uh, Granson hasn't come through on yet. Are you on Bellinger at all?
1: Uh, I was on Bellinger in week one, and uh, he didn't come through that week. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I think the only plays that I would even remotely consider would be Bellinger and maybe Richie James. I like Tony too, but even if Tony plays, how long does he play? He's a guy that likes Sterling Shepard that just gets hurt consistently i mean the guy has has been hurt more in his nfl career than um probably probably more than the chicago bears have attempted passes so um <laughs> just i'm just not there i'm not there on this game it's a 39 total it's ugly probably better places
0: i can agree to that is one of the better places the seattle seahawks coming to detroit is this a bounce back win for detroit um they have put up what third most points in the league so far uh, Swift, probably going to miss the game, right? Jamal Williams steps right in. Uh, St. Brown get hurt, too, a little bit, a little dinged up or not?
2: Yes, all That's three. Uh, they've got three wide receivers that were either limited or didn't practice today in St. Brown, uh, Josh Reynolds, and I don't know if it's Chark or not, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you're on, and then even, even Hawkinson at tight end, is banged up and didn't practice today. So, yeah, another thing like the Giants, if you're on the Lions at all, I think you're going cheap.
0: Yeah, I'm a little concerned here. I mean, the Seahawks looked like they were kind of putting it together. Lockett's having a good connection with Geno Smith, and I am uh, made several bets the Lions wouldn't win more than six games, so I kind of need a home loss here. Chris, what do you think?
1: Um, Yeah, I, no, I think the Lions are going to win this game, but I don't think it's going to be um... – it's not going to be one that gets you a ton of fantasy love. I mean, Jamal Williams is going to be massive chalk. But, I mean, I've got him projected around 25% right now, and I don't know if I really want that. It's wow. – it, it, man, it's just – it's tough. I mean, he's done well outside of – in the role that he has in boltering a couple touchdowns. But I think we saw a couple of times last year, you know, pre-Green Bay days, there were a couple of games where uh, without Aaron Jones, he showed he could be an RB1. But in Detroit, that just necessarily hasn't been the case. He's priced up to $6,100. I'd love to play Amon Ross St. Brown if he's playing. I was the biggest Tyler Tyler, Tyler Tyler Lockett guy uh, in the preseason shows that we did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I might stick there. I might, you know, because I think Metcalf is going to get the tougher matchup. And, uh, yeah, I think Tyler Lockett's my play here. I don't want to stack it, though. No thanks.
0: Oh, I think Tyler Lockett's going to find his way into a few lineups. Let's keep moving down the road. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. Two um, kind of surprises on the year. The Philadelphia Eagles have been outstanding. The Jaguars have proven that they just needed to shed Urban Meyer. Um, where are you going here, Al? you still on the James Robinson train?
3: Uh, <clears throat> I don't see why not. I mean, James Robinson has been elite production like he was two years ago. He's busting off thirty-five plus-yard runs in multiple games this season. He's seeing receptions out of the backfield. Obviously, it's a little bit scary because ETN is is bound to burst one of these games. But sixty-four hundred, if if we get James or if we get a Jamal Williams at twenty-five percent ownership, I will one hundred percent play James Robinson over him at three hundred dollars more. And we're looking at what maybe eight to twelve percent ownership
1: there. What do we think? No, he's gonna he's gonna be sub five, sub one, maybe. James Robinson's not gonna be owned. I guess the concern I have with James Robinson is that the Jaguars have seen a lot of positive game scripts, uh, probably more than they've seen in quite a few years. And I don't know if that they're gonna get that same positive game script going into Philadelphia against this high powered offense. So I think that this could be a time to pivot over to ETN. And I think you're gonna hear that chatter in the industry. I, I, I feel like that. Look, there's a lot of people out here that love Etn. I've been told that he was really good for a long time. Um, it, it, I, I just don't know if that's the case or if it's going to translate. And this this has got to be that game for him. Um, so that's where I'm kind of out on the running back situation in this game. I, I'm yeah. still in on
0: Zay Jones, Jason. I, there you I go, like Zay Jones. A yeah, lot. you
2: took. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I think 2,400 less on DraftKings than Christian Kirk. I want to say Kirk's at 6,600. Zay Jones at 4,200. Darius Slay, I I don't think he practiced today. He's banged up. That'd be a break for Jacksonville, but I hope he plays because I think he would take more of the reps against Christian Kirk, and that would just be even more advantageous for Zay Jones. But I love the value here at 4,200. Chance to get double-digit targets again. Yeah, quite frankly, I think you can play both. I think you can play both of them with
1: Trevor Lawrence or with Jalen Hurts, and then you know run it back with either Devonte Smith coming in around eight percent ownership or AJ Brown right now looking at eighteen percent ownership. Uh, so, like, this is a game that I, I do really, really, really like from a game stack kind of approach. Yeah, I like it too. That probably changes your mind.
0: So I'll let you know how that goes Sunday morning.
1: You've been running good, man. I haven't
0: for like a year and a half. So you know, whatever. Yeah. Right? No, it's been it's all right. It's been a year, really. really so. It's true. It's so. true. All right, let's keep on moving down the list. We have got the New York Jets coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. At what point, Jason, do they give up on Mitch Trubisky and just hand the ball over to the next man up?
2: I mean, I, obviously, I don't think they buy, buy in to Kenny Pickett as being the guy so much to the point that you've got to throw him in there. So they're going to keep trotting Trubisky out there until it gets to the point where it's just like, hey – at this point, what do you have to lose? Najee Harris is uh, worse in the league right now and yards per touch from scrimmage. Uh, so the running game's not there for you. He still get, still gives you value in that PPR attack. Uh, George Pickens, just by the explosive plays that he can give you, he's still going to make those rookie mistakes. He can always have a game where he just explodes on the scene here. But it's like defenses have uh, really keyed in on taking Friar away, and on the outside Deontay Johnson has a tough matchup with these uh, Jets corners that have really started to develop, and obviously with the addition of the rookie Sauce Gardner. So there's nobody on Pittsburgh side of this that I'm really big on, and I, I'm, I'm, I'll I'm, be honest with you, I'm scared on the Jets' side because what we've come to know with the Jets' identity through the first three weeks is going to completely change when Zach, Zach Wilson comes in. He's a completely different quarterback, and so we can't trust those targets to Garrett Wilson. We can't trust those targets to uh, Tyler Conklin.
0: What do you think, Al? You uh, you think you, you got to be out on the Jets and see how they do with Wilson first, or you just go ahead and, and uh, stick with how hot that offense has been?
3: No, I think Wilson's taken notice of the other Wilson. Um, how could he not? I mean, the, the kids out running is incredible. He he hasn't missed a beat since Ohio State. I, would, I did have Conklin in until I figured out Zach Wilson was playing, and I did take him out of my original first look lineup um because I, I don't trust those targets you know Flacco is always looking for that safety blanket he has throughout his entire career so I'm out on him at 3600 but I still like Garrett Wilson at 5400 I, I truly think he's an elite talent and we're going to be saying his name a lot in the coming years Chris care to weigh
0: in on the uh, Hall Carter debate that we have every week
1: uh you know I think it, last week. Reese Hall just out snapped him. And that was the big thing for the Michael Carter thing is that he was getting 60% of the snaps. Um, You know, some of those days he was getting more of the targets other days he wasn't. But if this turns into a 50, 50 or he's getting less of the target or less of the snaps, then obviously you have to go to Hall. But the one guy that like, I definitely have some interest in is Deontay Johnson. This guy continues to get double digit targets. uh, Doesn't do a ton with them, but I think that's going to change at some point. Uh, 12 10 and 11 7 6 and 8 for 55 57 and 84. a touchdown is on the horizon for a guy with this type of volume and at 6k you're not seeing a lot of guys that just have that level of of market share within their offense problem of course is that both of these offenses aren't one that you want to be in the market for
3: jason since you do the uh, cornerback wide receiver matchup for dr roto do you know if Sauce Gardner travels with the number one? Because he locked down Jamar Chase last week.
2: Yeah, um, I'll look into it. I'm writing it uh, tomorrow for this week's article, but just right off the top of my head, I'm not sure uh, what percentages DJ's playing on one side and Sauce on the other side, but DJ Reed has really come on uh, as a as a talented corner in the NFL. So the Jets are really starting to piece together that secondary. And then one more question on this. So, I'm
3: kind of interested in Claypool and I don't like him just in general. I don't think he's that talented, but the jets have been gashed through the slot. So did Amari Cooper, when he was playing for Cleveland, did he line up
2: in the slot at all? Do you know,
3: during that game?
2: Uh, in the Cleveland game, did Amari Cooper line up at this spot? Yeah. I mean, he took percentages. I don't know uh, right off what the percentages is, uh, are. Excuse me. Uh, I can include in that article tomorrow and everything, but I'm not sure right off. But as far as the Steelers receivers, they move around quite a bit as well. Uh, so, you know, Chris Chris's point about De- De- Deontay Johnson's targets, they can get them into advantageous matchups. Uh, if you're playing upside there and taking the risk reward, then I think, you know, Jordan- which Pickens obviously only three catches on seven targets last week, but those targets are going to continue to come in because in an offense that lacks any explosion, he's that one weapon.
3: Yeah. The reason I ask is because Tyler Boyd and Devin DuVernay both line up in the slot and they they tore up the jets, both those wide receivers. So, I mean, a 4,700 Claypool could end up being the guy that pulls down one or two, and this is the game everybody's beating themselves up on. They jump on him next week and he doesn't do a damn thing like Chase Claypool does.
1: Yeah, I think I'd rather Elijah Moore at 4,800 than Claypool at 47 in the same game. But I see I see the reasoning and rationale you have.
2: Yeah, I, I lean towards Chris on this as far as that connection that uh, Zach Wilson hasn't played a regular season game with Garrett Wilson. So, I mean, he's got – the chemistry's real in football and in all the sports. He's got that. He's coming back in with that rapport built with Corey Davis and even more so to Elijah Moore. So, uh, between that conversation, I'd feel more comfortable. I see your point. I think Boyd only had five targets last week and did big things with it. Uh, You would need Claypool to do big things because I think each week he only has six targets. It's not going up or down, so his role is his role.
1: Sure. Yeah, and I guess I mean if you're playing guys like Say Jones, and you're going to play like a Mac Collins if Renfro is still out, and I don't know what what the deal is with him, you've got some yeah, some value built there. in there. But uh, since we just dogged on Claypool, just you know, book it. Let's let, let's say he's going to score a touchdown now because that's <laughs> just how it book goes, it. right? Uh, book it.
2: Nice. That's how it plays out.
1: That's right. All right, guys, let's keep going on. We've got the Cleveland Browns
0: heading to the Falcons. We got 49 points. Pretty respectful here. Basically a toss up between the Browns and the Falcons. A couple of questions here for me. One, the Falcons are one of the worst tackling teams. Chubb is one of the best at um, yards after the uh, first contact. I think this is a Chubb game for me. Also, on the other side, what the hell is up with Cordell Patterson being completely missing from the passing game?
3: I mean, did they need him in the passing game last week? You know, he gashed him. He had like nine first downs for 141 yards and a touchdown. He's going to run the ball like that. You don't really need him to play in the passing game. As far as Nick Chubb goes, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, open field, then why not Kareem Hunt? He's the one that truly misses the most tackles in the open field. And I feel like this is the week everybody wants to pay up for Chubb. And Kareem Hunt has very similar upside and just as many chances to score touchdowns as Chubb. And I'll, I'll take that $1,900 discount because running back, if you're paying up the past few weeks, you've been shot. It's not, not
0: zero RB has been ruling this season.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if if people truly do believe in Chubb, which I do, I think he's incredible. I think he's actually truly one of the best well-rounded running backs in the entire league, but I mean, Kareem hunt gets just as many opportunities. And if we're talking about open field, you know, Kareem hunt's going to be the one catching those screen passes. So I like Kareem Hunt to get a little bit more separation here than uh, paying up for Chubb at 7,900.
1: Yeah. Look, and the problem with paying up for Chubb at 7,900 is what do you need? You need 24 points out of them from a minimum. You need an even higher ceiling and like, you're going to need multiple touchdowns from him. And this is just a team where, you know, they doesn't feel like there's, there's a lot of offensive weapons, but there's plenty of guys that can score. Um, the question is, do you go back to the well? Did we just, you know, do we fall for this trick yet again? The David Njoku trick, it happens all the time. Like every year he has one of these games where he just absolutely erupts. Do do we go back to him? At 3,700, I think we can kind of afford to. And I think what's a very key difference is Jacoby Percet has kind of a, a track record of going to tight ends. Njoku is a tight end. And so, you know, after that one game sample, is it a track record? Maybe. I don't know. Do we get 10 for 9? uh catches in 89 I, I probably not but can we get six catches for 50 that might be good enough uh probably would prefer playing the Joku over Kyle Pitts, who I had quite a bit of last week uh didn't let me down but didn't you know prop me up either how about Amari Cooper Jason coming over
0: from Texas and heading up to Cleveland um not great first game and then really just been kind of crushing the last two as he keep it going
2: yeah, I was looking at that a little bit today. I'm writing a first look at DFS article right now for DrRoto.com, and uh, I was looking at that because of the volume last two weeks. I just I like Atlanta's outside cornerback, so I don't like and i mean, this is not for the corner receiver article, but it does stick out to me here. So I, you know, Chris brought it up perfectly. I really don't have too much to add to it. I'm I'm on the Joku this week, and I know it could be fool's gold, but I'm buying in on Brissett going to the tight end. I'm buying into a lot of the targets being there, and I think it. Atlanta's corners uh, can really limit Amari Cooper. And his volume should be down. Donovan Peoples-Jones hasn't really done much the last couple of weeks. So uh, you look at that, where can they go with the ball? Uh, I, I like Nick Chubb. I understand Chris brings up an excellent point when you talk about cost, uh, you know, cost to, play, cost to play and what he's going to have to produce. Uh, I do like Nick Chubb, but his point is, is excellent excellent and you blend it in with uh coach you know as far as what Al's saying kareem's getting double digit carries every week now chubb's obviously doing more with those carries but they're not going to overwork them so whether it's a blowout or not they're not going to give them that extra work so i don't think you're going to get that return on investment at that price point uh for both reasons stated by al and chris and
1: both of these white or running backs are not going to be owned uh, from an early cast of projections here. Uh, the one guy that we kind of glossed over that I really do like, uh, Danger. What about your boy Drake? Drake London?
0: It's not my boy. I know it's not your boy. Wish he was my boy.
2: I don't know. I think he's a good.
0: I think this is an interesting game. I think uh, this is a game I do believe can absolutely blow up.
2: The curiosity, well, he's on it, and, and the dog uh, the agrees cur- with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, the curiosity on this comes from where we started the conversation. Cordell Patterson, he didn't practice today, and so if he misses, I don't know how serious it is. It's so early in the week, but if he misses this game, the rookie Tyler Algier, uh, my boy. He, he's my already- He's already getting double-digit carries. So if Cordero's out of it, he's already getting a couple of targets a game as well too. Uh, he's so undervalued because you know on DraftKings they're not they typically don't boost that price point up or jump it up drastically until after the production. So if CP's out, Tyler uh, Tyler Algier could be the play in this game. I agree,
1: Danger. Can we talk about like a, a game with like some good offenses and? Uh... Sure, absolutely. Let's go right
0: to the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. Nice. Um, all right. These, these teams could be so bad. Could they just fumble over each other and put up
2: 35 points each? Uh, well, here's my thing. I'll jump in first so uh, Al and Chris can boom me and tell me how dumb I am on this one because uh, I like a stack in this one. Matt Ryan goes heavy towards his number one wide receiver. He, you know, he's, he can get you two touchdowns. Tennessee Titans cornerbacks are banged up. Their top one, Kristen Fulton, I don't know if he's back 100% healthy or not, but after that, even with the high, uh, you know, using first-round picks and high picks on cornerbacks, they don't have the talent right now they're not developed to the point to really lock these guys down so matt ryan's going to feed michael Pittman. that's the stack i'm on and then the rookie alec pierce for only $3,900 dropped a touchdown week one looked like a rookie last week came back got more volume his role is going to increase this this week too and at 3,900 i like that stack
1: Uh, i don't hate that um what i would say is the one thing that you like how does that not work and and how or how does it work and Jonathan Taylor gets his. So Jonathan Taylor's coming in at sub ten percent ownership. Obviously, had a really disappointing first couple of games. And he's well. Let, let's 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 assume he's good. Uh, let's assume he's good. He's at home. They are favorites. Tennessee has looked at times like one of the worst teams in the league, specifically on the road. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor, even if Pittman gets them down inside the five, and I guess what, what you want to go back and look at is you're right. Tennessee's corners have given up a ton of points, touchdowns, reception, yards, everything to opposing wide receivers. But where are those touchdowns coming from? And I can remember a couple of them because I watched them. Uh, it felt like they were kind of inside the five, inside the seven, maybe even inside the ten. I don't know. But in that area, the green zone, as some would call it, That for Indianapolis feels like they might be given a couple cracks to Jonathan Taylor. I would not be surprised if Jonathan Taylor scores those three touchdowns that we were hoping for Nick Chubb to score, uh, this week against Tennessee.
3: Yeah. I mean, if I am going to pay up, like if it's between Chubb and Taylor, I know it's $900 difference, but I'm taking Taylor 10 out of 10 times. Uh, Last year, though, Titans did shut down Taylor, um, kept him to 70 yards and 64 in two separate games. I know it's a whole year ago, but, you know, those in-division matchups, I struggle to play, you know, those teams unless I know it's going to be high scoring. And these are just two offenses that are not very exciting. So in in a divisional matchup with two non-exciting teams, I'm going to look elsewhere, um, especially if I'm, I'm, you know, essentially putting myself in crutches, paying 8,800 for Jonathan Taylor. That forces me to pay down for people like Bellinger at 2,800, which might not be a bad play, but that's still, you know, anything under three K you're really just crossing your fingers and hoping for a touchdown.
2: Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, uh, my last thoughts on this. Jonathan Taylor's had about 300 carries. I think his freshman year in college was 299. But for five seasons straight, he's had over 300-plus carries. His workload's heavy in the last two weeks. Uh seemed to really just stack in the box because they are know they're going to throw to Michael Pittman. They don't have a tight end to scare you. And they're not – you know, Paris Campbell's not doing anything. And they're not scared of uh, Alec Pierce at this point. And so, you know, I know we said let's assume that everything's – okay with jonathan taylor well let's assume that everything's not and if he's injured and doesn't play or if he goes in this game less than 100 percent and gets injured who's their next back in line one of the most targeted running backs in the nfl and naheem hines who's not going to take 15 plus carries in a game it's going to be a passing attack to naheem to pierce to pitman jr as well so or any point in between getting value on Naheem Hines' price, and you're getting value on Alex Harris as well. And Matt Ryan's going to cost you, what, and DFS 5,600 on uh, DK?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that when you're looking at, like, a Naheem Hines situation, I think that that's more suited towards, like, a player prop or same-game parlay than playing it, like, on DraftKings. Because you, you plug them in at 4,700, you could, like, just, that could just blow up your lineup. Um, you're kind of hoping for a really weird set of circumstances. And if you do it in a same-game parlay, sometimes you can get enough that what you're getting, it doesn't kill it. So, like, one of the same-game parlays that I had last week that just, just barely missed is I had the over on Herbert's uh, rushing yards. And nice. that hit just so easily. But First quarter? <laughs> yeah, it was like 44 and a half. I had, like, I bought up. I bought all the way up, the maximum yards it would give me uh and montgomery went down and it was wonderful but the the texans line didn't give up two sacks i needed one more sack it was part of the parlay but uh yeah danger can we please let's let's go to this like you know we're running low on my time here we go to the game that like i think is going to draw the most attention overall the buffalo baltimore game i guess if that's where you want to go i guess like
3: jaylon burks for what it's worth
1: ah if you're running it back yeah Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: All right. Let's go to Buffalo and uh, Baltimore here Uh, Two absolute powerhouse teams. Um, Where is the good chalk here, Chris? Where's the good chalk?
1: Um, Is it just Lamar? You just got to play him? Look, man, I don't think that there's necessarily that much chalk in this game. I think overall, if you put the pieces together, it's going to have a ton of ownership, but they're going to take away from each other. I've got Josh Allen coming in way above Lamar. But the thing that I saw about Lamar came from uh, Warren Sharp is that Like Lamar is like playing lights out better than anybody against the blitz. Um, Just better than anybody in a lot of ways. Like how do you not play Lamar Jackson with the role that he plays in this offense and it's scoring. And, you know, this Buffalo team, you know, coming on the road to, to Baltimore, this is going to be one that I think could be back and forth, but I think both of these quarterbacks are going to score some points, but I have a feeling Lamar Jackson's going to score more.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of starting my stacks with Lamar Jackson this week and just seeing where I can can place that. Whether it's with Andrews, where it's with Duvernay, who's been absolutely excellent at low pricing. Where's the price go up to this week? It wasn't even that high. Forty-one
1: hundred.
0: Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, does he not remind you a little bit of Gabe Davis last year? Like, kept scoring, kept breaking out, and they just refused to raise his price.
1: Uh no, not at all. Well, sorry, I'm does. sorry. Yeah, look. It well, he's gotten two targets the last two games, Danger. Two targets in both of those games. He yeah. scored a touchdown. touchdown. Everybody remembers the first like game it. where he got two touchdowns. I don't I like think that that that's the guy. I mean, look, I don't hate if you want to put him there and hope that he gets a return touchdown and For hope sure. that maybe even like Josh Allen throws an interception or short arms a ball and Baltimore scores another touchdown there and you get some like – double touchdown on the defense type of side but I mean I think that this is a pretty you know isolated kind of where you want to attack as Baltimore you're playing Rashad Bateman you're playing Mark Andrews and then you're making some decisions on the Buffalo side of things do you want to continue to just pump it with Stefan Diggs or do you want to go to Gabe Davis who is 6,600 and that's just really expensive very that's a lot for a guy who he himself is not getting that type of uh, volume right now, 6-5. I mean, look, he's 6,600, guys, getting five or six targets. When we were talking about Deontay Johnson, a team that's projected to score one less touchdown, uh, I know that their ceilings are a little bit different, but Deontay Johnson's getting double the targets uh, at $600 less. And where's Singleton's
0: price right now? He's a guy that's been just getting it kind of done. Uh, 5,900. Yeah, that's great. Sub six for that guy? Yeah, I like
2: I like Isaiah McKenzie in this one. Uh, early on season, you didn't know if it's going to be Jamison Crowder, or is it going to be Isaiah McKenzie? Who's going to be that guy to replace Cole Beasley? This last week, McKenzie got nine targets. Uh, I think. Jameson Crowder, which this is crazy for him. He doesn't have that chemistry with Josh Allen. I think his catch rate is only like 50% right now. You're talking about for a slot guy, that's insane. He has that chemistry for whatever reason with Isaiah McKenzie, and uh, he's priced so low. I, I like McKenzie in this. And like Chris said, I like both quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And I would pay up for Stephon Diggs and come back with Isaiah McKenzie.
0: Coach, I'm going to run five lineups this week, and they're all going to start with stacks of this game. Talk me out of it.
3: Go for it, man.
0: <laughs> I dig it. Well, anything to add here before we keep going?
3: Nope, looks good, man. I mean, you can't really go wrong with this game. Um, I'm sure there's going to be people that choose the wrong stacks and are on the right game, and just you know, it, it has one. Of, it has that feeling to it, like. Right. It's going to score points, but somehow it's going to be a Baltimore fullback that ends up catching one of Lamar's touchdowns. And Buffalo is going to get Gilliam again in the end zone. It's going to be a fullback. It was something stupid like that. It's just one right. of those games. <laughs> um, and it is supposed to be a little bit rainy in Baltimore. I know that doesn't really affect, um, you know, necessarily the play too much, but. Right it's going to score points. It's just not going to be exactly who you expect. It's really not. And I mean, it might end up being Gabe Davis is 6,600 who's going to be the the least owned of all of them. Um, so if I would play anybody, I probably would go for Gabe Davis and then run it back. You just can't go wrong with Mark Andrews. He's, he's playing like a number one wide receiver right now. So why wouldn't we do that? If, if we know Lamar is going to throw the ball to him and that's like his true target, then Let's not pay up for Amon Ra at 72, and let's pay for 7,100 to get Mark Andrews.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like a Jackson, Singletary, Bateman, Andrews, McKenzie, like full-on game stats. You can mix and match with that. Um, But I I do like to take a look at the way that Buffalo played last week. Think that there's a good possibility, despite the fact that they're favorites here, that they go into this game and that they are trailing, or it's relatively close, and they end up having to play – very similar to the way that they did last week. Um, only difference is, of course, Baltimore's secondary is not playing nearly as well as Miami's. Uh, but, you know, look, they're good back there. They're, they're NFL players. They've had time to shine, and they might shine this weekend. I think I think Baltimore wins this game. Yeah, I'm a little shocked well, that Buffalo do, a three-point favorite.
3: So, Chris, to that point, if you do think that, you know, Buffalo's playing from behind, kind of like they were last week, they did throw in James Cook and got him five targets. and he love for him at 4,600? You know, I mean, it's not special, but like I'm saying, somebody weird's going to score, and it's probably going to pull from Singletary, and it could end up being the James Cook one touchdown from four receptions and 40 yards.
1: Um, no, I mean, I like Singletary at 5,900 still. I don't think that he's going to have a ton of ownership. If he can get eight or nine catches like he did last week and that type of – if I'm putting that together and that's what I'm thinking – um that gets me almost 16 points and almost pays him off there he's gonna have those opportunities to score yeah I mean on a short slate this is uh this isn't you know this is in the morning slate so you might want to take a chance with like a James Cook there but at 4600 you just need so much and it's not even like a Singletary gets hurt and James Cook gets all the work type of situation in that type of scenario you've got Zach Moss who's going to take some of those snaps and so it's not a clear cut like David Montgomery goes down (laughs) Kyler Herbert scores thirty-seven <laughs> right. points. All yeah. right, Chris, so, you trying to get
3: it's a Dawson Knox weeks, is what I'm hearing You're right? That's Absolutely,
1: I, I think you can play Dawson Knox. You can, yep. the last guy we mentioned, that's the one. Singletary, <laughs> throw him with a throw, just you know, double stack and triple stack, and like just it. one off on, on a defense and play everybody else from this game, right? Oh, I, I dig it. Hey, uh, Chris. We got time for one more game before you got to take
0: off, and then uh, Coach White and Jason and I will finish the slate. So pick one up, bud.
1: Let's play. Let, let's talk about the two teams that are probably more disappointing. One of them was just—you uh, could see it from a mile away. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders, who have not won. Should have this team together. They have the weapons, but they stopped throwing it to Devontae Adams. I don't know what happened with the power of friendship. And speaking of stopping. This Broncos team look like geniuses all of a sudden playing Javante Williams, but Javante and Devonte have not been the focal points of this offense, and that, my friends, is dangerous. True. Well done. Well done, Chris. I, I well mean, done. you guys all saw the the the, the Russell Wilson sub commercial oh, yes. today, right? Okay. Absolutely. It was really uh, weird if I, if you didn't, but yeah, yeah. I, I, don't I don't know,
0: man. I don't know, man. Uh, I talked quite a lot in the preseason shows about how much i did not like russell wilson i did not really like this offense and i didn't really like this team so far i've been right i also talked how much i loved the las vegas raiders offense and how well they were going to do and i have been very wrong um this, collins, is a, so. this is an interesting game yeah i mean i was all over Mac collins last week and um and that, that that did me well it broke me even i i didn't lose all the money last week because of Mac collins he broke me even i like that about him um Jason, are you go right back to the well with the uh Raiders stack. Do you just have to keep playing it because there's just too much talent there? No, there's a
2: lot of talent there, but I mean you got really talented corners. So Devontae Adams, I know they they've put a lot of attention on him. They put a lot of attention on Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro still's not back at uh practice today, uh working back from that concussion. So him missing will continue to give those volumes. But if he comes back, and, you know, Matt Collins that, that – That's going to heavily get eaten into there. I don't like the matchup outside for Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae's Devontae. He's going to still get his production, but I don't like when you're talking about what you're going to have to pay up for on Devontae, and I think Matt Collins probably have a lot of people on him because he's got close to 20 targets the last two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm staying away from it. Uh, I want to get on Josh Jacobs. I just don't think this is the week. Josh Jacobs uh, has seven broken tackles run up the middle, no other play in the league has more than three uh he's running physical he's running ho- hard and if they were playing ahead from 10 14 points this is a guy that would get you multiple touchdowns and, and get you a 100 plus game but- what if
1: i told you that he's going to be one of the highest owned running backs on the day like over 20 percent, just behind jamal williams does that change your opinion of like not uh, like just definitely not wanting any of them
2: yeah, I definitely don't want them. I didn't want to be on them before, but I'm, I'm surprised that the ownership would be that high because that Denver defense, it's the Denver offense outside of Cortland Sutton, it's the Denver offense that's not producing. The Denver defense is played, and that D coordinator, that's a smart dude.
1: I think a lot of it comes from the fact that he's 5,500. It's a really palatable price. You know, the other guys around there are in different situations or just even worse game situations. You've got guys like Ramondre Stevenson, who's probably the most popular in that price point, but uh, 10-point dogs with an unclear quarterback situation on the road. Uh, Yeah, he can definitely catch the balls, but that's, uh, that's his upside there. Other than that, you've got guys like Etienne, Hall, Dobbins, and uh, other guys that just have a lot of questions around them like Pierce or, or Herbert. So I think that that's what's driving it up is that he's one of the few guys that has a very clear role in, in the offense and that there's not somebody uh, coming to unsurp him. Uh, but that's that's it for me, guys. I got to go set up for the other show. It was great catching up with you guys. Uh, have fun talking about those uh, those other games on the slate. All
0: right, buddy. We'll see you, Chris. Okay. See you, Chris. All right, Coach. Um, are you sticking with Russ? Or, or have you given up on him? I'm. Get, I. I. In all transparency, I picked him up in uh, one league this week. Who cut him?
2: Who cut him? Danger. Somebody
0: cut him. Did you cut him? I Did cut you? him. Yeah, I picked him up somewhere because I had. Uh, I, I had only Tom Brady, and I feel like I needed some backup. Although he's getting, we'll get to that game in a minute. He's getting some targets back. But uh, are you sticking with Russ?
3: I mean, I'm not going to play him at 6,700. I think he's $500 too expensive on DraftKings. Um, I would consider him a low 6,200, but you know, if I'm if I'm playing Herbert, which I am um, at 7,100, I'm I'm not touching Russ. So, but what I do like is Devonte Adams. I mean, I don't. He's matchup proof. I know Denver does have really good. I think it's is it Stingley, Derek Stingley Jr. Is that no, that's you, true. You're talking
2: about Patrick Sertain. So he's Sertain. going to get heavy uh, right. yeah. go for uh, Patrick Sertain.
3: Correct. So certain, I mean, but who have they face, you know, if we, if we really look at it, you know, the, the number one wide receivers that the Denver have played against are, let's see. Doo, 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 one moment, please. Hold, please. We're they looking at, Smith, and- we're at Metcalf who has Geno Smith throwing in the ball. We're looking at Brandon cooks who has Davis mills throwing the ball. And we're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and probably what Brandon Ayuk. like that's not Devonte Adams period. 8300 is a big price tag, but Devontae Adams is purely matchup proof. And Sertain, I think it's his sophomore year. Devontae Adams knows how to beat a sophomore, period. So 8300 if, yeah, if we're talking – we Does go back Carr show, know how to
0: beat a sophomore? That's the problem.
3: A hundred percent. Carr has played terrible, but I think he knows it, and Carr is a gamer. He is a hundred percent going to feed the ball to Devontae Adams this game, and if it's yep. between Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, and Devontae Adams, I take Adams – 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, I mean they've got to win, group, right?
0: They're, they're 0-3, guys. They gotta win. The only way you win is throw the ball to Javante.
2: Out of that group, I would take Chubb this week.
0: Oh. Mm. I like Chubb too, man. Not gonna lie. So is there anything on the Denver side you like at all in this game? Or is it just Sutton? Can you play Javante Williams? I like Sierra. Yeah.
2: I like Sierra.
3: Yeah. I think I think Javante's playable. I mean, this could be one of those games where we see him get, you know, six targets. out of the backfield, and then finally find his one-yard or five-yard touchdown, and if we're lucky, he breaks off a 20-yarder. 6,600 is a fair price. You know, Las Vegas hasn't played any great running backs yet, so I don't see uh, any reason not to play Javante outside of Denver not being able to move the ball, but if I think Devontae Adams plays well, Russell Wilson does know how to keep a game close, so if he has to air it out, he will air it out. He just hasn't needed to yet. They haven't played anybody truly competitive.
0: That's true. I I thought maybe Jimmy Grapes was competitive for a minute, and then he Dan Arlovsky'd all over the place.
2: I mean, Russ completed 45% of his passes against the Texans. So, I mean, Russ Russ is ranking as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, His only saving grace is Cortland Sutton. So if I'm on anything on Denver, it's going to be Cortland Sutton. The last two weeks... Nobody else has been existing in the offense. He's got almost like 20 targets to Sutton. Uh, it's it's the only connection he has. So if I'm going anywhere on Denver's side of, it, I'm going to go with Sutton on this game. All well, right. I think that's that's the issue though, is because
3: Houston, like you said, you know they're the what you say the highest pass rush team in in the league right now? Is that what you said, yep. Jason?
0: Highest highest pressuring team. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I mean, right now Russell Wilson's trying to be this pocket passer. And that's not who he's been. He's made his big plays on rollouts and that's where his struggle is until he figures out that he can't, you know, just stay in the pocket with this terrible Denver line. Once he figures that out, maybe he's going to watch some game tape this week and realize that, Hey, maybe if I do roll out, I can find Jerry Judy that can break free in the open field for that 70 yard touchdown. Uh, And I don't think Las Vegas is going to pressure enough. So, I don't mind Russ this week. Let's put it that way. But I, I would 100% take Sutton over Judy if, if we're going for Denver wide receivers.
0: You got it. All right, let's step back a minute. We skipped over one 1 o'clock game because Chris wanted to move on to the Baltimore game. Let's get back and talk about the uh, Washington Commanders and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. What do we think here? I mean, the the Commanders are having a hard time um, controlling the ball. All... The cowboys want to do is really run the ball as much as they can. Um, it's a possibility Dak comes back. Jason, you're semi-local in the uh in the in the Texas area. I'm in Let's
2: Texas, see. it's a little right? same area. Right? Little, little uh, what are you
0: thing. hearing about Dak? Dak wants to play. Are they gonna let him play?
2: I don't know. Cooper Rush has been managing it okay enough. He's been able to get the ball uh you know, two C D, something Dak couldn't do week one. Uh, when you look at ESPN stats, I believe this the ones uh, they're the ones that put it out, expected completion percent and completion percent, only Trey Lance was worse than Dak Prescott this year before Dak got injured. And so Dak wasn't playing great. So I think they probably wait and let him get 100%. Now, if he comes in and demands, hey, I want to play, I'm ready to go then, yeah, I think you give your franchise quarterback the, the right to go ahead and go. But the, the one I like in this game, uh, I like Pollard. I think at some point he's going to overtake Zeke this season, uh, and I think we're right there at their friend, so I'd rather get there early than late. I like Tony Pollard and, um, oh, the other side of it. Oh, man, help me out here, Danger. Gibson? Gibson, yeah, uh, yeah. no, 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 not Gibson. Uh, Curtis Samuel, excuse me. 5,700 on yeah. draft games. Yeah. Curtis Curtis Samuel's getting double. Sucking up targets. Uh, Carson Wentz has thrown forty-plus receptions three straight games. I don't care if he throws a pick or anything else. If I'm on the wide receiver, I love the volume—the forty-plus target, uh, forty-plus pass every week from mm-hmm. uh, from Wentz, and I like the ten-plus from Samuel. At fifty-seven hundred, man, if he punches you in a touchdown, you you yeah. you, know, you got something going.
0: You're onto it there with Pollard, man. I mean, the guy has been the most efficient, like, first and second down runner in the league this year. And right. they think of him as this you know, kind insane. of thing. The public thinks of him as this kind of, like, scat back, catching back. But the dude's been insanely efficient on first and second down. Right. So I, if it weren't for Zeke's paycheck, he'd already be sitting behind this guy. 100%. In my opinion. Um I was a little surprised we didn't see any more out of Tolbert last week. I, th- I thought for sure he'd get a little bit more involved in that game. Um, you, you still seeing good things? I know both of you guys are uh, young talent evaluators. What do you think of Tolbert?
3: I, I, he's good, but when Gallup comes back, I think he's irrelevant, especially if Cooper Rush is under center. I don't think Dak and him have had enough time to create some chemistry, so it's going to take at least another five weeks. And if, if for some reason, Dallas just ends up losing, you know, the next three or four games and they feel like they don't have a chance to win the division. That's when we see Jalen Tobert outside of that. He doesn't really have a chance until next season to make an impact.
0: Yeah. I've got Gallup on my bench in almost every league, so I could really use him to come in and do something for me. Yeah.
2: I think I, can, I, think, I like, coach. I like when your
3: dogs
0: agree
2: with me, coach. Hey, they chime in every time you talk. Like, that's right. I, I want to shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so my thing is, I'm right with coach on this one. I see it the exact same way. Uh, The guy that's really impressed me because he came in and he was a possession receiver, and this was like about five years ago. I remember evaluating him, like, oh, he might have to move the tight end, and they were working with him, kind of doing more blocking drills, more of a blocking wide receiver. He's more streamlined now. His body looks different. He's running uh, better routes. He's catching. He's creating separation. That's Noah Brown. So I think uh, his development, the Cowboys have done this. They'll sit on wide receivers and let them develop over time. They've got a guy on the practice squad. Right now, that I think Houston should go out and sign and Brandon Smith. He's six one with a six ten wingspan. We're talking like NBA. Plus minus wingspan, you know. So uh, uh, he'll probably be the next Noah Brown. So I like what they've done with Noah Brown. You got C.D. Brown, uh, C.D. Lamb killing it with Cooper Rush. Uh, so those are going to be the two guys, and everybody else is feasting after that. And I, like I said, I think uh, the guy out of everybody whose arrow's pointing up is Pollard. And at some point, you got to realize like this isn't the same Zeke. Move on from the namesake, and like you said, danger. What you're paying him, and play your best players for the best chance to win. And that's Pollard over Zeke
0: i can agree with that all right guys we have two more games to finish in the main slate let's wrap it up pretty quickly here uh, we got a game that if it weren't for the bears and the giants playing would be the lowest scoring game on the slate would be uh the patriots and the packers um the packers did just enough to get by the bucks last week the uh patriots obviously are probably without mac jones um and who knows was it brian hoyer my old michigan state spartan Although he's a competent backup. I mean, he's not a guy that will lose a game for you. But the rest of that team's not really a team that's going to win a game for you. So I don't have much faith in the Patriots here. Uh, I'd like to say Stevenson, right? But I feel like the Packers have been pretty decent against pass-catching backs. So is this just a role with the Packers?
2: Uh, for me, I'll go ahead and jump in, Coach, if you don't mind. Uh, for me, I like Romeo Dobbs. I mean, he was 3,800 last week, only jumped up to 4,500. His role continues to grow. We all know Aaron Rodgers loves his vets, and he was building a bond with Sammy. He talked about it openly. He was frustrated with some of the rookies. Christian Watson's missed a lot of times with injuries. Alan Lazard still banged up even though he played last week. He still banged up again this week. Uh, Romeo Dobbs caught eight passes on eight targets so i mean i think his role is just going to continue to grow as far if you prove yourself the Rodgers, he's going to continue to go back to you he's going to I lock right in the off too much too much of a value and rogers still loves his vets but i think that vet is going to be at the tight end position position robert tanya i think he relies on him a lot more with this weaker wide receiver core.
0: and coach the fun game this we this year has been picking between dylan and jones each week is it a jones game or a dylan
3: game it's a stay away game uh, for both of them. Honestly, I just, I don't like it. I don't like the game as a whole. If I'm playing, I think it's going to be very low paced. It is. It's just not exciting. And for DFS purposes, you know, if I, if I'm truly playing anybody, I, I don't mind Dobbs at all. I, mm-hmm. I was adamant about Christian Watson, not panning out in the off season. Um, and I think Romeo Dobbs is more talented than Christian Watson. And outside of that, Christian Watson, his first time, you know, he had the, Probably an 80-yard touchdown, dropped it. Rodgers, he hates you, period. You're you're in the doghouse, man. (laughs) And I called that. I actually said if he drops one pass uh, that's going to be a touchdown, Rodgers will just not throw you the ball. That's That's what he's been for his entire career. Dobbs hasn't really dropped passes. He doesn't go off sides on their their hard calls. Like He's a smart kid. So I think think Rodgers really is gravitating towards him. Um, and outside of that, Ramondre Stevenson is interesting because Brian Hoyer is probably going to be starting for New England, so they will need a safety blanket. And let's yep. say Green Bay does go up by ten points, he will catch passes just based on that. And at fifty-two hundred, yeah, it's a pretty great great play, honestly. Look,
0: I I live right next to Lansing. I've watched Hoyer play a very long time, and the guy um, he he counts to about a half a second in his head and runs out of the pocket and dumps it to the first guy he sees.
2: Well, exactly. that's that's a great point, y'all. But because like what we saw with Flocko, these guys aren't great, but at this point, especially at this point of the career, they're backup type quarterbacks. But those veteran backups can do the simple things that rookies and second-year quarterbacks typically overthink or try to overprocess. And I think there's there's sneaky value, especially at who's going to catch the productions from these tight ends. With Jan- Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry both at 2900, we know Hoyer's going to target those vet tight ends heavily. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers are banged up as well. And, and so this could be sneaky production. I'm not buying into Hoyer, but I'm buying into one of these pieces that are going to have a sneaky day, and it's probably going to be one of those two tight ends, if not both.
0: Yeah, I can get behind that. All right, last game on the main slate, guys. We got Arizona Cardinals going to the Panthers. Is this finally a game that Kyler puts together? I think he might get Rondell Moore back. They're desperate to get Hopkins back. They've been pretty ugly. I think Connor's banged up still. Um, I don't know, yeah. man. I mean, I, I've got Kyler. I was kind of high on them this year. I was thinking that they would hold together the first few games of the year and be ready to get Hopkins back, but they've just kind of looked lost.
3: Yeah, Go Panthers ahead. have been pretty pretty good, honestly, in their secondary. They haven't They haven't played terrible on defense. I mean, their offense has been atrocious. So. so you know that Arizona is going to get a chance to throw a lot or run a lot, whatever they choose. They're going to have a, a ton of plays ran in this game. And Marquise Brown, I mean, they're just running slip screen after slip screen to the guy. 6,900 last week, I think he had 17 targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with their with their team banged up, if James Robinson is out, the targets are going to go back to him, even if Rondell Moore does play. James Connor, I, yeah. I 100% believe that Marquise Brown sees another 12-target game. And yeah. if they're just running those quick screens, it doesn't matter how good your secondary is. Mm-hmm. As long as you have good blocking, you can turn those plays into 10- to 20-yard gains.
0: And, Jason, on the other side, we've got another injury to CMC.
2: Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, we talk about it all the time. Uh, last several years, ever since um, Levy and Bale levy on bell excuse me in pittsburgh once you get that 400 plus touch season it's all downhill from there you've seen it with cmc you've seen it with derrick henry now uh it's just uh, humans even the most elite athletes you know the track record there and shows you you know what was to come now that being said um people want to look at Chubble hubbard i call him chubber that's funny <laughs> and um and Deontay Foreman and Hubbard next to Rex Burkhead was the worst running back of all 49 qualified running backs last year on yards per carry. And only Rex Burkhead was worse. Deontay Foreman stepped in with Derrick Henry. He's a volume guy. If Christian McCaffrey goes down like Derrick Henry did last year and McCaffrey misses Tom, Deontay Foreman's is the guy I would want to see for Carolina. But Agreed. we all remember on draft day that that rule will make football decisions for one of 32 football organizations based on his wife's desire to have the guy on their fantasy team, I guess. Remember he, he said his <laughs> wife uh, made him to, uh, draft Trevor Hubbard?
0: Yeah, that, was funny. that but was funny.
3: I mean, also Zach Ertz, like, you know, he's seen 25 targets. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ertz is All my right. guy.
2: Especially because you you were talking about the injuries. Rondell Moore might be coming back, but Greg Deutsch, who's been a pivotal piece for them, uh, he showed up on the injury report today. So there's so many guys down there. The only thing to worry about with Marquise Brown is if J.C. Horn mirrors or shadows him and he's 100% 100 healthy, that could limit you to go there. But like Coach said, I mean, who else are you going to throw to at this point? Because even if Rondell Moore is coming back – especially with all the injuries at wide receiver. I seriously doubt he's a hundred percent.
3: Yeah. And I mean, you know, right now it says Carolina ranks eighth against tight ends, but they played Cleveland, the giants and new Orleans, you know, outside of Njoku who's had one big game. Like we talked about who have they played at tight end. They're not ready to play Zach. Ertz. I I love him at 4,600.
0: Fair enough. All right, guys, that was the main slate. If you care, we could uh, do a very quick on Thursday night and Sunday night.
2: I'm here. Whatever you get out of here. All right, what so uh,
0: tomorrow night, we've got the uh, the Dolphins and the Bengals playing. Um, I was actually a little shocked to read that the Bengals were four-point favorites at home uh, because the Dolphins have just been explosive. But then I started kind of getting into it, and I actually submitted an article for the first time to DrRota.com because I nice. wanted to talk about it. And uh, I called it Bengals win. Um Look, man, uh, I'm, I'm just looking through these stats here. Uh, thanks to uh, our, our good buddies at Inside Edge from your show there, man. The, that remarkable tool is freaking amazing. So uh, shout out to Inside Edge. I know they're not listening, but it's fine. Uh, but, uh, man, um, what did I pull up here? I'll just read the article. I said Cincinnati might get some scoring done in this game. They're the third best in, possess- in possession in their opponent's <laughs> field while the Dolphins are fourth worst in plays allowed in their territory. Um, Mixon has been totally disappointing, but the um, – the absolute uh, strength of this game is probably going to be dump-offs, I think is going to happen a lot. I think you're seeing Mixon more involved. I think they've got to get him more involved. And let's talk about uh, Tyler Boyd, third in touchdowns per receptions this year, fourth in yards after catch this year, seventh in yards per target this year. He's being underlooked. Um, I was going
3: re- to recommend him because Isaiah McKenzie just went off in a slot. Week yep. Before that, Devin Duvernay went off to the Heck slot yeah. for Miami. I mean, why not, Tyler Boyd? Especially Absolutely. if T. Higgins is still battling the, you know, concussion that he yep. That's super this is hard a hit get
0: right game by the Bengals in my mind. Um, and their strength on the defense is shutting down wide receivers. They're one of the best on yards after uh, stopping yards after the catch, and that is how Miami thrives.
2: Can I can I throw you guys a curveball here? Yes, you can. What we saw last week, like we're talking about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, I think we're seeing the same thing happen to Cincinnati. I think Samadji Piran is going to overtake Joe Mixon. That may sound crazy. They're comfortable. He's been in the building for years. Uh, Joe Mixon is averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, in every statistical category across the board, he's ranking poorly. He's also in the passing game, the catch rate's not there. He's only got like 13 receptions on 20 targets. The efficiency's not there. With okay. Piron, who they're starting to get more involved, and in, I think he also got five targets week one. He's caught six of eight. He's getting more uh, yards per reception. They're comfortable with samaji Piran there. Uh, I think we see – just like last week, when Mixon had 12 carries for 24 yards, and then P-Rod came in for like nine for all around 50. That's I don't think that's a coincidence. I think we're going to see P-Rod start to become more and more involved, like we're seeing with Pollard down
0: not hours. not this week though. Please, I've got some. I I've got believe we see score
2: some points. Uh, I believe uh, well, to, fin- to
0: finish my thought on that, Jason, uh, you know, Waddle and Hill have been awesome. Um, but here's the deal: Cincinnati has held opposing receivers to 1.6 yards after the catch. Mm. They're the third best team at stopping third down conversions. As good as the Miami Dolphins finished that game last week, they only ran 39 offensive plays. They They're were unbelievably up efficient.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a.
0: Absolutely. This is going to be a big letdown game. I am all over the Bengals in showdowns. I'm playing 20 lineups, and I think 18 of them are Bengals heavy in the
2: showdown tomorrow night. Nice.
3: Uh, Make sure you're looking at Mike Gasecki though. Oh, I
0: got Gusecki all over the place, because if Waddle's banged up and Tuak is not as mobile, they're going to have to dump the ball. It's going to be Edmonds and Gasecki all night long.
2: I think that's an excellent call from both of y'all. I think uh, Gusecki's only, what, 4,100 or something like that because uh, Smythe has gotten volume. I don't know what's going on with Gusecki, but the talent's there, and if Bridgewater comes in, I don't think he cares about what's going right. on with Gusecki, and I think he gets – I think y'all hit it perfectly there. I'm on it with y'all. I also As- threw
0: one lineup in with um, Teddy Bridgewater in, instead of Tua, just in case. <laughs>
2: just in case
0: just in case all right guys well i will let you get out of here the last thing i was going to talk about was just uh tom brady getting some weapons back are we withholding judgment on his season until we see him with evans he gets evans back he gets julio back and possibly even godwin
2: back no um yeah i think i think it's only fair we all know he's playing with backups uh and he's only he plays with stars most seasons so it's I think it's fair to finally see what he could do with if he doesn't have the top talent in the league. That being said, though, let's go with the future, what's happening right now. I think he's happy to get stars back. I think uh, he realizes what he's missed, and I think he takes advantage of, I think, big day for Mike Evans.
0: I dig it. Any closing thoughts, Coach Al? Uh,
3: that's it. I mean, Brady's going to do Brady things. Uh, if Godwin, <laughs> for some reason, finds his way back on the field. I think everybody needs to look. At Godwin, I think he could actually end up being a top 20 wide receiver with his injury uh, by the end of the season. I just, Brady somehow is still getting protected even with his offensive line. It's terrible. He's still getting the passes off. He's just, he's good, period. Brady is good at football.
0: He really is. And if they clear Godwin, you play him because here's the deal. He's going to miss three games. He's going to come back for one. He's going to get 125 yards in the touchdown. He's going to get banged up on the last play. He's going to miss two more weeks. He'll be back again. He'll get 110 yards in the touchdown.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I, yeah. I love Godwin. So for some reason, and I did send you a trade just so you know, for uh, Godwin and, and Mixon in our Dr. Rota staff league. So check it out, Danger. Maybe uh, you might be interested in
0: it. All right. I'll, poke, I'll pull that up. I'll pull up. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on while Mark was gone and, uh, and Chris had to get out of here early. I appreciate you guys taking the time out to uh, come on Draft for Upside and uh, on the uh, Sports Empire Network. And uh, love you guys. Appreciate you. All
2: right. Thanks for having me, Danger. Great to see you again, Coach.
3: Yeah. Take care, Jason. See you danger. All right, bye. We'll see you guys soon. See ya.